0: Welcome to the Root of It All podcast with Tree, where you will learn new habits for human betterment. We talk about all things related to personal growth and everything is on the table. Each episode, will explore different topics like self-care, mindfulness, goal setting, and more for the focus of practical tips and actionable advice you can start implementing in your life today. Our goal is to help you become the best version of yourself and live a more meaningful life. So grab a drink, cozy up, or take your dog for a walk, or even go for a drink. Join us for some fun and meaningful conversation. Let's grow together.
1: Hey everyone, this is Tree again for The Root of It All with Tree. And today I am joined with Alexia again, which you are all quite familiar with. And we are joined with Megan, which is my hairdresser extraordinaire. She is literally, I was just telling Alexia that Megan and I, we hit it off right away. She totally, we gelled together and it was amazing. And I want her to share a bunch of stuff about her experience of, you know, helping people with hair. And hair is not only hair. Hair is really about identity. It's about, for some, it might even mean self-worth or how they present themselves to the world or even part of their security as well. So, teach us, Megan, a little bit about your experience with people, how it allows them to change or transform in the chair right in front of you.
2: I would say I've had the privilege of doing hair for about 10 years now, and it's truly amazing to see people transform. So whether it be just, you know, coming in for a haircut and the major change that's happening. So not only I feel like it's a physical change that they're noticing, but their confidence instantly rises, right? People notice things that maybe they didn't see about themselves before where in the consultation, you know, we're figuring out, are you, is there something that you want to maybe mask or hide or is there a feature feature on your face or your hair that you really want to accentuate. So it's a matter of really listening and figuring out what people love about themselves, what people need to learn to love about themselves, because we are our own worst critics. So it's very easy to become very negative about ourselves. But when you're in a vulnerable position, staring at yourself in a mirror for quite some time, you have a moment to kind of reflect and relax a little bit and learn to love those things that we see back.
3: Yeah, those are. Well, Megan, that's that's so beautiful. I I like what you said, especially around learning to love ourselves, and whether it's features or whether it's you know what we identify with. Going back to what Tree was saying, with your experience, what do you find is the most challenging for people when they are struggling with a sense of self-image? I find a lot of people, they don't even want to look at themselves in the mirror.
2: So, and I mean, I'm speaking for myself, right? Like sometimes I'll look at myself and I'm like, that's not what I see. Or you think that you look a certain way and then you see a photo and you're like, that's not who I am in my head. So I think it's a reminder that it's not, it's all in your head, right? It's (laughs) that we need to look at ourselves and give ourselves some grace and appreciate that we are here and there are so much more than what we look like. Yeah, and that's so
1: interesting just in terms of we can all get in our head about anything, right? And Alexia and I, we spoke a bunch about that in terms of wherever our mind goes, our body follows. So teach me about what would be the biggest thing that most people sort of criticize themselves about or I'm gonna extend that too, because hairdressers can also, a lot of the people call their hairdressers, their therapist. So give us a little bit of the goods of what is like the most common thing that you would hear.
2: Honestly, I feel like if it's a criticize, it's like, oh, my forehead or my nose is too big. And it's like, where are you even getting that idea from, right? You've either seen it or you've heard it or it's something that you've seen on a movie. As for like the dirty, nitty gritty secrets, a lot of the times it's family drama or it could be that they're pregnant. There are, Most of the times we hear the first of something, right? Either the first of a new relationship or the just the talking stages of dating. So it's really interesting to hear how things progress as well over time.
3: That's so great. And I feel like... I mean we were talking earlier before we started recording that when you have created that relationship with your person who's doing your hair because it's a like you said Megan it's really vulnerable And it's also, you know, for me, I had long hair many years ago, and I gradually went up to very short hair, but it took me a while to get there. It was a sense of, oh, I wanted to cut it, but I was too scared. Because, you know, what's your sense of when people are going from a transition from long to short, for example, or color change?
2: I would say it's that fear of the unknown. They want to, and I feel like if you want to, it's there for a reason, right? There's a reason why you have that feeling of, I want to chop off on my hair and start fresh, or I want a drastic color change. And maybe it is something that's going on internally that they want to just free themselves of. And it's easy to change your hair when you can't control other things. So it's really to see most of the time when people do a change, they are terrified. I had a guest last week and she wanted to go from blonde to copper and she was so scared. So we turned her around from the mirror and it was like this big grand reveal at the end. And I kept saying to her, it's okay if you don't like it right now you need to adjust yeah
3: yeah absolutely and are you someone like i know when i had gone to the person who sadly moved out of the city and moved to different province but she didn't want me to go from shoulder length hair up to like pixie cut it was something she was like i don't want to go that drastic and i was sort of impatient but what's your sense of that
2: Yes, I definitely am very mindful of, is it realistic? Are you going to change your mind in a couple of days? So even something simple as bangs, right? The question goes, how long have you been thinking about this? Is this something that you came to mind today? Is this something that you've been thinking about for the last week? Are you ready to commit? And I feel like I am the type of stylist that will cut your bangs a little bit longer. And let's see, because we can always go back in and we can take more off, but we can't put it back on unless you're going down the route of extensions.
1: And it is so interesting with people and the way that they want to perceive themselves to the world in terms of like a lot of people, they probably come and sit in your chair and they tell you a lot about them, whether it's their family, their work or whatever it is. And do you sort of fantasize in your mind what they look like out in the world as well? Like I know all of us as humans, you're walking in the grocery store and you pass by somebody and whatever it is that they're wearing, or maybe you hear their voice or their mannerisms. And And we all sort of fantasize in terms of all of the rules and beliefs that we have for ourselves. But for you, you're getting a little bit more sort of intimacy in terms of what that person is, because they're teaching you a little bit more about them through conversations, through a look that they want. When you're guiding them along, do you go with your gut? Do you go with kind of what your past experiences were? Do you sort of ask more questions? What's your either process or the way that you navigate through that?
2: I would say definitely listening and hearing the little things that might not be at the forefront. So what is your lifestyle? How many minutes are you willing to spend on styling your hair, right? What is realistic for you? Do you want to be able to tuck your hair behind your ears? Want to be able to put it up in a ponytail? So hearing what lifestyle that client has is very important because that's also what's realistic. You can't give somebody a hairstyle that needs to be blow dried for a half an hour if they're not willing to spend that time or if that's not where they want to lot their time into styling. So it's really interesting. And I feel like I find I trust my gut a lot. I have that moment of like, oh, maybe not. And then I go, nope. Okay, trust your gut. So it's interesting too. They say the gut is your second brain. And a lot of times your hair, any kind of ailment or scalp problem, it's connected to your gut. So I feel like I always trust my
3: gut. And that's one of the most important things for me. And I'm actually speaking of shoes in terms of gut and health issues. Have you worked with or, or have you had experience with individuals who- who've had hair issues or scalp issues because of their health and they've either lost hair or had alopecia or you know it could be uh, cancer treatments or something like this. Has this ever come across your path and how do you handle it?
2: Yes, I find every single person is going through something related to their health with their hair. So a lot of times it is understanding you know maybe it's not today that you're noticing a change but what's happened in your life in the last three months. The cycle for hair growth is on a three-month cycle so I find even if If it's not something today that we're noticing, perhaps it's going to be at your next appointment. So making that mental note of have you changed any medications? Has anything come up that was different? What are your stress levels like? As well as I find if I do find something or if I am noticing, I always ask permission to share. Some people don't want to know if you've found something on their scalp. However, as a List, we get a chance to actually analyze the scalp. So recommending going for blood work. When was the last time you visited a doctor? Is this something that is of a serious issue to you or is this something that maybe you don't really want to know right now and you're going to deal with it when you're ready?
3: That's so interesting about permission to share. I didn't even think about that. Well, and I find too, we are not able to diagnose,
2: right? So I don't have the ability to say, you have this, but I can say, I'm noticing a change in your scalp or I've noticed a mole on the back of your neck that I really think that you should get looked at. So it's interesting in a way to like be able to let people know there's something more going on and I think you need a second opinion.
1: Well, and that's interesting too, because it's like a person, any human that's going to get their hair done, it's like a very vulnerable thing as well, right? So for example, we can't see the back of our head. So whether even for men, like they have different balding like issues than us as women or even women as well, but they can't see certain things that are behind their head. And even that's like a vulnerable thing for somebody to for you to let them know, oh, do you want to know this? Right. Or do you want to see what's going on back here or whatever would have you. And, you know, I think now more than ever that there's so much information online too, that people can end up going down rabbit holes. So have you ever had, Somebody come to you saying, "Oh, I think this, I think that, or I think this, or I think that," and then you actually have to go the opposite direction and talk them off the ledge of like, "No, you're fine." Kind of thing does that happen as well? Yes, because I
2: feel like as much as we are our own worst enemy in our looks, sometimes it'll be like, "I'm losing my hair." I noticed that there was more hair in my brush. I'm losing all my hair. Meanwhile, they have the thickest head of hair I've ever seen. So I think it's one of those things where people go back and forth of your because you're hyper fixated on it. You're noticing a change. It's like you go to purchase a yellow vehicle and next thing you know, you see that yellow vehicle everywhere. You start to notice hair loss and then you are seeing hair everywhere. Is that hair from today? Is that hair from you know last week and you need to vacuum? Those all play a role in everything. So it's definitely true.
3: And going back to identity as well, because all of this is sort of, again, our sense of image, right? And how what we perceive of ourselves and You know, for me, I always felt I loved the idea of really long, thick, you know, gorgeous flowing locks. And my hair, it just doesn't have that. its I have a lot of hair, but it's fine. So it wasn't something that I felt comfortable when it was long i always felt like i wanted it shorter but yet it's the sense for some people i think for maybe you can shed some light on it in terms of women and men because when i cut my hair short my mother was not happy she liked the idea of long hair for a woman right for a girl and it's a very sort of you know stigma that's there so i'm curious between men and women And my sense is women are much more affected by changes in their hair and their sense of identity than men. But I know men are also bothered when they're, you know, they have losing hair, they're getting bald or whatever issues that are coming up and maybe they don't express it as easily. But Megan, do you have any insight on that or any thoughts?
2: I would say men are actually more noticeable to change. So typically they are the okay. ones that are a little bit more, I wouldn't say picky, but they know what they want and they know what they don't want. Whereas sometimes women, we are looking for somebody to tell us what would look good on me. Most of the time men know exactly what they want. They've had a growth pattern and they know their hair grows this way and they want it to be covered or they, you know, they want their sideburns to look a particular way. Whereas with women, it's a lot of what do you think would look good on me? Mm. So it's really interesting to see from gender, right? of who would want what or who feels more comfortable with something. Yeah, that is really interesting when it comes to
1: male-female dynamics as well. So I know that that Megan offers, like, so we talked about going long to short, but short to long. Like, I know that there's a lot of people that come in for weddings and they want to lengthen their hair. So teach them a little bit more information about the options that they have for that could be quite popular right now.
2: Yeah, extensions are very popular right now. There are many um, different methods that are out there. So tape-ins are one method that it's the use of surgical tape onto a weft of hair that is placed throughout the head, which gives the most natural appearance of hair. There's also beaded weft extensions. So this is where the hair is sectioned and there are beads placed around the hair. And an actual row of hair from arm to arm is what is sewn into the head into the hair into the, head. It's, <laughs> into the head into the hair it's not a painful it's not a painful procedure
3: but there's about- so many different ways <laughs> yeah yeah I bet and I was just thinking about you no know, different cultures people of color because the hair is so different yes. and you know, have you, that to me is also fascinating. What's your sense of like the hardest hair to work on and the easiest hair? Oh, I would say the hardest hair to work on is fine hair
2: as well as that extremely textured hair. So I think it's just a matter of owning it too, right? Of I don't know and where can I learn? Because most of the time people know their hair best. It's been on their head their entire life. So having the willingness to learn from the client and their experiences of this product works better with my texture or when I blow dry, this is not something that shouldn't be done. That's very important. But I would say it's interesting to hear from different cultures of what they do versus are you growing your hair long? Is that something that's been a tradition? And if there is, you know, a tragedy or a trauma, then they will cut their hair. So it's very different to hear the way that people live with their hair and what they've learned over time of traditions from their family members from generation to generation.
1: And it's interesting, too, about, like, I wonder if certain cultures they have the ability to actually grow their hair longer. Like, for example, I heard on the radio the other day that there was a woman that had like made the Guinness Book of World Records because she grew the longest mullet, and it was like, five oh, wow, feet. yeah, right, <laughs> like, is, like the longest mullet. Mullet. It was, yeah, and it was like five feet long like oh my gosh. have you
2: yeah can you imagine like how like would the hair even be healthy? I think it's one of those things where your hair is a fiber it's dead right so if it was alive it would hurt when we cut it so thinking of it as a fabric and maintaining that is where the health comes in. Are you using a mask? Are you putting in oil treatments? is there different things that you're doing to tend to that fiber if you're not brushing it if you're not using product then it's definitely going to fray it's going to look like the end of a broom handle right? (laughs) Awesome. So
1: is there anything that you want people to know about you? Like it's obviously in a second, you're going to let people know where it is that you work and how to reach you and all that good stuff. And we're going to put all that information even in the description, but is there anything, any tips, any like nuggets that you can tell people about hair care or scalp care or anything
2: at all? I would say the myth of washing your hair once a week, you need to be shampooing your hair at least three times a week. For proper scalp stimulation and for increased hair growth, as well as scalp health, that is something that I hear a lot of, I only wash my hair once a week because I heard it's good for you. It's not true. We need to be shampooing three times a week. And even two, if you're going more than three days, using two shampoos to make sure that you're removing buildup, as well as then using a tailored shampoo based on On what your need is. That's one. I would say that's like one of the major things as well as heat protectant is the most important product. You don't have one, you need one because there's heat all around us, whether it's indirect heat from your blow dryer or even your air vent in your car, in your house, as well as your flat iron or your curling iron
1: and it is for everybody out there that I follow
3: that and I you taught me that was one of the first things that you taught me <laughs> and religiously I follow that. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was going to say is it different for curly or wavy hair because I don't shampoo my hair. In well, fact, <laughs> it's maybe once a month but I do massage it and I use castor oil topically.
2: Yes, and I would say curly or wavy hair is like I mean most people don't shampoo their hair that often with curly and wavy hair. Your scalp tends to be drier. Your hair tends to be drier. So you're yeah. giving your scalp that moment to create extra sebum, extra oils naturally. And using castor oil, I think the most important thing with wavy or curly hair is to make sure that you are stimulating the scalp, whether it be brushing or using your fingers, right? To get in there and really get the blood flowing.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because so people can't see us, they're just listening to this. So Alexia, she has very short curly hair. (laughs) right? And I have very long, pretty much straight hair. (laughs) So we're complete opposites in, in that. So this is a really cool like dynamics from different questions coming from different angles, 100%. So is there anything else
2: that you want people to know? about
1: hair or you or anything else
2: oh people to know about me i would say i love to make people feel good and really get give themselves a chance to figure out who they are it's a vulnerable position to be in but it's also one of the best times to grow and figure out some things about yourself i'm very calm (laughs) calming a lot of people say i have a calming energy which i feel is important because coming into a salon can be very intimidating there's a lot of sound. There's a lot of mixed feelings coming from people. So knowing that we are creating a safe space for you to come in and be your authentic self, whether you are coming from work and you're dressed to the nines or you're heading out or it's your day off and you're in sweatpants. There's no judgment. It's a time for you to relax and treat yourself and get your hair done. Awesome. And where can people
1: find you if they wanted? to? to book an appointment with you.
2: I am at Water's Edge Salon on Brant Street, 707 Brant Street, 905-631-1101. Awesome, and we'll have all the links
1: in the description. Well, thank you so much for all this information. It's such a wealth of information when it comes to us as humans, right? Navigating the world of how it is now. And actually, last question. So in terms of social media, right? Like people, like going back to the identity thing, Right. And people part of their hair, part of the way that they look is a lot more predominant than what it was before social media. Right. Like the whole concept of I mean, for Alexia and I, we're a little bit higher generation higher I call it a higher generation, not an older <laughs>
3: generation, a higher generation. I like that treat. Yeah. Anyway. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> than what you are. And so it's such a different dynamics. Like, do you find people, they can come in and they can show you all kinds of different posts of what it is that they want as compared to say 10, 15 years ago?
2: Yes. I remember 10, 15 years ago when I first started working in the industry, we had magazines. So it was based <laughs> on your length. Right? So it's neat to see how much it's progressed. And it's also nice to see people come in with printed photos. So if you don't have the ability to have a phone, it's bringing in a picture, right? Or taking a picture of somebody on television and you love their hair. What do you love about it? And you've taken five pictures. So social media is really nice because a lot of times I find people will find inspiration and then you can click on the person and then see the rest of their hair. How does their hair look when it's down or if they're more relaxed or if they're going out? So I love social media for inspiration as well well as
3: to be able to share what you love about your hair. Yeah, it's, it's a valuable tool. And I had one more question, Tree, if that's okay. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Megan, what got you into this industry, into hair? I have always had a passion for it. I can remember as little as six
2: years old playing with my Barbies, right? Cutting their hair. I remember putting glue in their hair, making it stand straight up on end. <laughs> I would always say, you know, one day I'm going to own a salon and my mom's going to run the cash register and my dad's going to sweep the hair. And I'll tell you, my mom never lets me forget that I kept telling my dad he was going to be the one that swept the hair
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is so awesome that is so awesome well thank you so much again and i encourage people to reach out to megan she's been amazing i've been with her for two years she's actually the only hairdresser that i have ever had and just my scalp is better my hair is better i just i love everything that you do and hey the scalp massages are great when she's washing your hair too just telling you so awesome so great to see you both and thank you so much and thank you i'll see you next time
0: Folks, that's a wrap for today's episode of The Root of It All with Tree. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. But before we go, I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram. And we will be posting motivational quotes and behind-the-scenes content that you won't want to miss. Also, you can always sign up to come live while we're filming this or even join us online through Zoom. We always offer open question and answer after each episode that we don't record so it's all private. But you can get more involved. So sign up for free at businessgrowthresults.com. We're going to cover all kinds of different topics that you're not going to want to miss. And if you're looking for that one-on-one guidance or help, be sure to book a free screening. You can do that at burlingtonhypnosis.ca or call 905-634-4777. And finally, you can catch our podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So be sure to subscribe and never miss an episode.